Mayfly. Written and narrated by Ray Fletcher. Chapter 8 Ash told her she could take the knife home with her, as a kind of promise. Marianne didn't know which direction the promise was being made in, and it was probably both. Standing there, in the bright light of Ash's sleek kitchen, she didn't want to ask too many questions, afraid of shattering the strange dream she found herself in. Ash was cleaning up the pan with as much care as her mom had. Blood was blood, she said, at least when it came to cooking implements. A good pot is worth its weight in gold. My ma had hers from her ma. Lots of things have changed in the world, but not good iron. Never turn away from a good tool. Marianne watched her working at the pan with a scrub brush. She did have a reflection, after all. The bright kitchen light was bouncing back from the window, and she could stare without seeming to stare. There wasn't much to mark her as different. Blouse and jeans clung to her curves, but nothing gothy. Her pale complexion was... stark, especially against the dark clothes. Her skin looked smooth and flawless, without moles or anything. That was weird, she supposed, and she'd been cool to the touch. She wondered if it had to do with feeding, if she was... if she wasn't really alive. Wouldn't it make sense? Like sharing body heat when it was cold. Ash was watching her back. Marianne pretended to examine the spotless counters and humming fridge. Your house is really nice. Thanks. It's a fine thing to have a cozy nest to call your own, at least temporarily. Do you have a permanent home? I've land in Ireland, where my family came from. Backwards corner of the country, though, so I don't visit. She thought of the house that she'd grown up in. The whole year after her dad died, she'd tried to hold it in her mind, down to the chipped paint next to the latch on her windowsill. Sometimes it had even made her feel better, and sometimes worse. It was getting hard to remember the details lately. She'd read that it was part of grieving. I keep thinking I should go back to see mine, the place I grew up. It might be weird, though. Someone else in the house and stuff. Some things are better kept as memories. Ash finished up the pan and handed it to her. Next time your ma uses it, she'll think it needs seasoning again, but she won't know about its little adventure. Thanks. I'm sure I would have ruined it, trying to clean it. Ash leaned back against the counter. She had quite wide hips. Marianne thought of Charlene and her struggle to find clothes. Fashion wasn't very forgiving of curves these days, unless you were a bit of a hippie. Ash's style was definitely not that. Marianne's eyes followed the movement of her hands folding around the edge of the counter. Smooth and cool and gentle, Marianne swallowed. You're sure about this? Marianne shook herself. Yeah, you... it's still okay, right? She wanted to protest that Ash had said already, but it sounded too much like whining in her head. Ash held out her hand. Marianne felt a little weird after everything, just shaking on it, but she smiled. Right. Tomorrow night. I'll come by and pick you up. Just on the road. By the bus stop. Don't come into the park. Ash raised an eyebrow, and Marianne shrugged. Everyone gossips there. When she got home, she hid the knife between the wall and the head of her mattress, 
She could probably leave it there forever and her mom wouldn't find it. Marianne's room and her sheets and clothes had been left to her to take care of for years. Still, every time her eyes opened, she touched it, and as soon as she woke up, she pulled it out, convinced she'd imagined all of it. In the dim light of her room, it looked crazier than it had in Ash's house. Too exotic, too important, too real. She drew it, watching the reflection of her walls and the window in the steel, and thought of whatever it was that had come clawing at her window. I bet I could do some damage now. You fuck. Just try it. There was a list of chores on the counter for her when she finally got up. Paper clipped to it was a job application for McDonald's. She looked at the form, feeling awed, trembling anger. It was just a job. There was nothing wrong with it. It was good, honest work. It was just... That's what she thinks I'm worth. She balled it up and shoved it deep into the trash, scrubbing the kitchen without mercy to work off her frustration. She could ask for more shifts at the gas station again, or find something else, something better. Even as she packed the knife in her bag, a part of her thought that Ash wouldn't show. She went out early, gripping the frayed nylon with white-knuckled fingers. Just after sunset, she saw the Mustang rounding the corner, but didn't let out her breath until she was buckled in. They practiced all night in a lumber yard. Besides the solid knife that Marianne liked so much, Ash taught her how to use some of the other things in the bag. She would demonstrate with each one first, while Marianne watched like she was in P.E. again, but understanding a lot less, she was pretty sure. It looked cool, especially when Ash used a curved knife with a loop that swiveled around her finger as she moved through stabbing and slashing motions. Bits of it were like a Jackie Chan movie or something, and Marianne could forget for a minute or two that there were real monsters and that she was supposed to fight them even if she couldn't use moves like that. She remembered again whenever she clumsily tried to mimic her. Occasionally, she was hopeless enough that Ash would take her hand and guide her. You've practiced a long time, she said when they took a break to sit on a pile of two-by-fours. I've fought a long time, practiced in between, but it's a bit easier for me. I guess you're faster, Marianne gestured to their practice space. Blue-white floodlights hummed overhead, cutting razor shadows across the muddy, uneven ground. This must be like teaching a baby to walk for you. There's nothing wrong with being new to something. It isn't just speed, though. I'm harder to kill. It's easy to be fearless. You saw how fast the unformed beast could move. Other things are faster, or have different attacks. All hunters have to watch and be careful. I have a little more leeway. When can I fight one? So eager to get into it? Ash didn't sound disapproving. I guess it's better to try, so I know if I'm going to bravely turn my tail and... Sorry, that's British. You're Irish, right? It's been a long time since my hate for them burned hot. I read that there was lots of fighting. It must have been horrible. It was, but long ago for me and far away. You travel all over the world? As much as I can. What place was best? Ash was still. Her expression softened. It isn't places, I think. It's moments. It's people. 
There are these moments when everything begins to look toward something grand, and it feels like this time, this time, we won't slide back into the dark. We aren't there yet, but we can get there, this time. I think I understand, a little, like anything is possible. Anything is possible. It was agreement and reassurance. Her eyes were gentle. Marianne had a hard time looking away. Finally, Ash cleared her throat. We'll head out tomorrow night and see what we can find. Her mom upped her game, leaving a note on her door asking about the job application and some messages from Charlene and Bobby. She decided to ignore it all and sleep until the sun went down. As she walked down the driveway to meet Ash, she glared defiantly at the trees. It felt like they were watching all the time now. She wasn't sure how much of it was real and how much she was just imagining. She held the knife in her hand, hidden inside the bag. Tonight, she wasn't helpless. When she saw the idling car, cherry red under the streetlight, she smiled and slid into the passenger seat eagerly. Hey there. Hey, good morning. Ash snickered and handed her a silver chain and pendant. I found a trail. They're already starting to hunt and feed. The pendant was a triangle shape with a circle inside. Marianne looked at her uncertainly. It's charmed. It will help you see things that have been touched in some way. Touched. She put it on as Ash swung the car around and headed into town. Ugh! Ash laughed. I should have warned you. It isn't so bad. It's like when I used to put on my dad's glasses when I was little. The distorted vision didn't last long, and then she could see like she normally did. Sort of. When her eyes traveled over the scenery, there were patches of shimmering color, like wisps of smoke, usually, or columns of light. Sometimes they were twined around things in the real world. Sometimes they seemed to absorb the real world into them. They're thin places. You can read minds? You're looking quite intently at otherwise unremarkable bits of forest. And I can see them, too. As you get used to it, you'll be able to look at them without staring like a madwoman. You mentioned those before. These are all places he could get through? No. There were other worlds come close to ours. Or there are people or things that have a power of their own. Or connections to other places or things that do. There are many worlds, and most of them have nothing to do with him or us. It's like being in a crowded place without touching anyone. You might feel them in some way, but nothing more. Mostly. Sometimes there are incidents, and they may grow stronger or weaker or disappear and nothing to do with us. Things happening on the other side, I'd guess. She parked in the dimmest corner of a strip mall lot, gearing up from her bag in the trunk. She took off her nice leather jacket and replaced it with a kind of dull green military thing and tucked her braid up under a cap. While she was busy, Marianne touched the leather sleeve. It was soft as butter, shaped to Ash's form. Come, my girl. She set off down the road, Marianne at her side. The streetlights gave way to darkness. Up ahead they picked up again, clustered around a high fence. Are we going to the exhibition grounds? What are those? Like hockey rinks and riding arenas. They have the fall fair there. I thought it might be horses. You can always tell horses. She didn't explain further. They approached from the back of the park grounds. 
She had her knife, and Ash was armed too, and she knew what they were going there for, and there was still a part of her that insisted it was just one of the stupid, fear-fueled wastes of time that she and her friends sometimes had, like the miles-long walks to get to a corner store just to have something to do, just time and energy that was ready to fly off anywhere. At the end of this, they weren't really going to kill a monster, because nothing much ever happened at the end, except maybe a drink. She followed Ash quietly along the back fence until it stopped, like the builders just got bored, and they went in. The grounds had security lights, most half-covered by trees grown up in front of them, and plenty of shadows in between. On this side of the grounds, it was all small corrals where horses dozed, and the smell of the animals and their crap permeated the air. When she and Ash passed, the horses stirred, snorting and pressing against their fences so hard that she heard the wood groan. They don't like us creeping around. She jumped as one horse kicked a fence, cracking the plank. Me, mostly. Do you... you know, I mean, animals instead of people? Feed. Feed, Marianne replied dutifully, glad that she didn't take offense. Ash made a face. In a pinch, I can. They approached the riding arena. She walked close against a barn wall, eyes glued to Ash's back. Boards vibrated under her hands when another horse kicked out. She muffled a shout, making an embarrassing grunting noise instead. Thumps from hooves and squeals of protest followed them along the paths between the barns. The noises distracted her, and she missed the oily trail that crossed the end of the row until she nearly stepped into it, swallowing a wave of nausea. The thin places glowed and shimmered. This path oozed, pulsing as though it were a living, breathing thing. She stopped short, staring at it in horrified fascination, while the smell of it drifted to her. Ash touched her arm, giving it a little squeeze. Marianne met her eyes and nodded. She could keep going. It would be stupid to stop now. The trail grew stronger as they followed it around the arena toward the parking lot at the front. A pickup was idling outside one of the doors. Its tail lights turned the exhaust into a red haze, partially obscuring the open driver's side door. Ash caught her arm when Marianne went to step out into the open. She stooped to pick up a rock and threw it. There was a crack and a flash. Security camera. You should play baseball. There was a lump in shape in the bed of the pickup. She thought it was a trash bag until she was close enough to see that it was a person. Had been. She stopped, slapping her hand over her mouth. Ash patted her arm again and went forward herself to investigate. If you can't even look, then you aren't much help. She edged forward. It looked like he'd been smushed, crushed, whatever. His normal person shape was distorted, flattened, hollowed. The stench of the unformed beast mingled with blood. There were other things, too, other smells, that she decided not to think about. His overalls had been blue. She stared at the oval name patch, just barely visible. Dave? Dave. She'd killed Dave. Can you see the trail? Ash's voice was deliberately calm. Marianne closed her eyes. When she opened them, there was a body in the back of a truck, and that was all. A line of writhing ooze led to the trees along the side of the park. Part of the fence there was crumpled. I think it's going back up the hill, out of town. Ash eyed the painfully long slope. Marianne had run it once. Once. 
Her legs protested even the memory. They started off at a jog. Marianne slid into her marathon pace. It had been a while. As her body remembered and her muscles warmed up, she started to feel like herself, even if her clothes weren't exactly race-appropriate. Things were always so clear when she ran, and as they hit the corner to start up the hill, her nerves steadied. A wave of stench hit her. She flung herself out of the way a moment before the wall was scrunting. It lurched out of the trees above them, crashing down the hillside at the edge of the road. Before she could talk herself out of it, she pulled the knife out of her bag and ran at it. A swipe of its tail caught her in the side and sent her spinning away. She landed hard on the ground, all the air knocked out of her. A second later, the pain hit. There was a deep, rumbling growl. The unformed beast grunted and started to crawl away, searching for shelter. She heard a rush, like the wind. Ash was nothing more than a pale blur. The unformed beast squealed. Small trees bent and snapped, torn from the skyline. Marianne glimpsed Ash clinging to it. There was a ripping sound, and then a wet pattering on the leaves. The entwined forms twitched. Had it hurt Ash? Then she saw her let it go and back away. When the beast didn't offer any danger, Ash turned toward her. Marianne realized why she wore dark clothes, at least. It was really hard to see the gore. Are you okay? Yeah. Drawing breath enough to say anything was painful. Sitting up was worse. Goddamn fucking tail again. Broken? Ash crouched down and Marianne watched her wipe her hands on her jeans and then carefully inspect her side. She braced for pain that didn't really come, only gentle touches that made her shiver. Eh, nope, Ash smiled. Nothing broken. Got lucky. So you did. Ash helped her stand. I wasn't expecting you to run at it. She cringed with embarrassment. Element of surprise? Well, now we know that doesn't work. Cool. How did you know it was there? Did you hear it? The thing reeks. You can smell it? Can't. Is that weird? Ash shrugged. If it helps us, I'll take it. It really stinks. Do you think all the things from there smell? We'll find out. I hope not. Ash stretched, tilting her head back. Her face and throat were a pale, perfect profile against the dark. That was a good hunt. Good enough for tonight. Let's go celebrate. She tried not to smile stupidly. Sure. Ash walked off. Don't forget your knife. Shit. She scrambled through the weeds to find it. They didn't go back to the exhibition grounds. Marianne looked over her shoulder at the glow of it above the trees. What about the... The guy. Security might find him. Or a manager. That kind of thing. You don't... I'm a vampire, not a zombie. Sorry. I took no offense. Shouldn't we... Do something? Won't they wonder what happened? Do you have a story to offer to make sense of it? Oh, I guess not. People make up stories all the time to explain the inexplicable. They'll figure out something that seems to make sense and call it done. A few folk might make a mystery of it, maybe a conspiracy. We squeak by on that a little too often, if you want my opinion. We? Odd beasties of various types. Like dwarves? She knew Ash was trying not to laugh. How am I supposed to know? Okay, okay. True talk, then. There are folk like them, and wee little things with wings. Zombies? An outbreak or two. There used to be a few mythical beasts, 
I haven't seen one in a long time. They weren't found, though, like those strange animals in Madagascar that have always been around, just hiding. They were constructs. People were near places of power and thought clearly enough to dream things into being. Griffins and stuff? Ash nodded. Sometimes I wonder if I'm something similar. If we all are. I try not to dwell on it. It gets a little too existential. Bobby talks about that kind of thing. Existence and the meaning of life and stuff. They came to the car. Ash opened the trunk and in the shadows stripped out of her jacket and shirt. Marianne found herself staring at the contrast of her pale flesh against her dark bra and jeans. She was beautiful, really. Curvy, but still oddly spare. Is Bobby your lad? She pulled on a blouse and Marianne leaned against the car, scuffing the toe of her boot over the reflective paint marking off the parking spots. I guess. We've been dating for a few years. I'm swept away by all of the passion. Her voice didn't mock. It teased. Marianne got the difference. Anyway, she didn't mind. He's a decent guy. Not all it used to be. Yeah. Growing apart. So it goes. They sat in the car. Ash handed over a bottle of whiskey. It was definitely easier to drink with practice. They watched the steady stream of customers into the convenience store, sharing the bottle back and forth. You've lived a long time. That I have. What's the meaning of it? No idea. You're a decent guy. He's caught up in it, because it's all new. When he figures out an answer that suits him, he'll get a job and settle in, and he won't wonder anymore. That sounds depressing. Ash shrugged. I spent ten years in Paris, listening to people philosophize over the meaning of life while chambermaids cleaned their piss pots. Holy God, did they stink. The pots were the philosophers. Both. I heard that. Things were smelly. Modern life has its advantages. But then, they all smelled, so no one did, if you look at it that way. Marianne shifted to ease the pain in her side. I guess it's different for everyone. That's my thought. What's yours? I want to take care of that one. Like a crusade. A quest. Something like that, Ash smiled. That'll be mine, too. So young for that. How old were you? I mean, you look like you're maybe twenty. Fair enough. The thing is, I have to wait for my chances. It's hard to catch. Same with everything. I hate being patient. Me too. Is that why you went along with the mysterious light? I guess. I just wanted something to happen, you know? I won't have many chances, I don't think. Maybe if I'd gotten into university, I wouldn't have even been out there. I'd have been getting ready to go. But it's like, I don't want this to be all there is, forever. You're smart and courageous. If you can go out and hunt unformed beasts, you can get out of here. Marianne looked at her knife. I'll be more helpful next time. Patience, Marianne. You'll get better. In any case, it's a fine thing to have a companion on the road. Yeah. Yeah, it is. She watched Ash stow the bottle. Do vampires get drunk? It's a quick burn. The taste is an old one. Reminds me of old times. If it bothers you, I don't need to. No, I mean, it's just... She waved at the road. Dangerous, you know? I can take my tipples at home. If you say it's okay, it's cool. Not the point, my girl.
Here endeth the chapter. Mayfly is an urban paranormal fantasy narrative project with a new chapter uploaded every two weeks until the novel is done or my vocal cords fall off. Subscribe to Patreon for early access and occasional exclusive content. For social media, blog posts, and links to other work, please visit www.houseofie.com. That's House of V-A-Y-I.com. For past chapters, a one-time donation to coffee is greatly appreciated. Music is White Horse on the Beach by Nature's Eye. It and other royalty-free media is available at pixabay.com. Thank you for listening. An audience is the greatest gift an artist can have.